As you guys may know, we are going through a sermon series on prayer called Lord Teach Us to Pray. And as a part of this series, we have invited the church to 30 days of prayer. Essentially, uh, inviting all of us to find 30 days with you and Jesus, just you and Jesus, to hang out on a daily basis in prayer. If you miss a day, it's okay. You pick it up the next day. God is still with you. God still loves you. We don't do this to gain God's love. We do it because we want to experience more of God's love. And so uh, we've got a couple simple resources again for you. A little time with Jesus paper over at the Connect booth as well as a bookmark you can take. It gives you some handrails on how to pray through the Lord's Prayer. But uh, it is fun hearing from some different people in our church on what God is doing in this 30 days of prayer. Just a few quick stories. Uh, first of all, uh, one of our members um, <clears throat> has been praying and uh, praying some things for her brother, and her brother is coming off 35 years of, or 45 years of drug addiction. And so um, she has had a prayer list, and she said, God has answered the entire prayer list. And she's like, I have so much peace, I feel uncomfortable. I feel like something should be wrong, you know? Because uh, she's saying, man, uh, you know, I'm just meeting Jesus through the process, and he is giving me supernatural peace, and he's literally answering the prayer list. So come on. That built my faith. <clears throat> That built my faith to say, man, what, what is my like line items I'm believing for with God? So, so I'm encouraged by that. Another uh, brother in our midst, he was saying, um, he's saying, man, I, 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 the more I connect with God, essentially, the more I want to be with God, and it makes me forget that I'm doing a 30-day of prayer challenge. I was like, that's so true. You know, the more we fall in love with Jesus and spend time with him, uh, the more we want to be with them. I often encourage us with the simple trajectory uh, of, of we, we desire more of God, so then we discipline our lives. We're going to do 30 days of prayer. We're going to spend time with Jesus, and then delight comes on the other side. And the discipline starts to become joy over time. So I love that. Um, and I got another one um, from a friend in our life group. She said, uh, I've learned to become more mindful of God's presence during this time. For example, yesterday I was at a family event and I was shaken multiple times to spiritually to pray for a family member. It kept coming back after pushing it aside. So again, 30 days of prayer, she's more sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit wants to break into a family gathering? Some of y'all need the Holy Spirit to break into a family gathering. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, <laughs> come on, Jesus. So she said, so I listened to the Holy Spirit. I approached my brother's girlfriend, letting her know that there, um, that there is this discomfort in her heart that God wants to take over through prayer. She cried. We prayed, and she was at ease and joyful that she was able to enjoy the event after. Her night could have ended differently if I wasn't mindful of God's presence. Come on. I love it. I love our, the church being the church because it doesn't stop with prayer. When we connect with God in prayer, we live prayerful lives. And then what happens is God starts to show up at family gatherings. God starts to show up in our homes. God starts to show up in our parenting. Thank you, Jesus. God starts to show up in our workplace when we live 
lives of prayer, uh, I like to spend time with Jesus in the morning so I get aware of his presence to help me follow him all day long. Okay, well, good stuff. I'm already fired up. Let's worship. Um, so, um, you know, I, I was thinking of uh, some different movies. Any, any Black Panther fans, any Marvel fans out there? Um, and, and something we see in, is that me? Adjusting the, the pants. All right, don't adjust. Uh, Interesting. All right. Don't mind if I go old school preacher style with a microphone. Um, okay, so, um, and I was reminded of, of the movie, uh, and essentially, you know, where, where um, what's happening is that you have Wakanda, and, um, and Black Panther is kind of this next leader, but he has this kind of half-adopted brother who, who uh, after being out in the world, kind of has his evil and self-guided motives, you know? And so what you see play out is this narrative that is heartbreaking at times between good and evil, a grasp for power. And the people of Wakanda want Black Panther to it because they, they want what is good. They know if we have a leader who is good and, and we're willing to kind of come under his leadership, then life will happen. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, first of all, it was a great movie. Uh, it was a powerful movie. Uh, but I'm not surprised that it grossed, I think, pretty quickly, 1.25 billion, something like that, some crazy number at the box office, because movies like that capture themes that are deep in our heart. We want to see the kingdom of good break in to places that are evil and hurting. And this is the core, at the core of Jesus' prayer. When the disciples asked, Lord, teach us to pray, Jesus modeled what we call the Lord's Prayer. And so I want to read that together here in Luke, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. He said, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we've also been forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And I want to camp today in this concept of his kingdom coming and his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, I think this prayer and even these lines right here in, in verse 10 of this prayer resonate with the human heart. That's why I think movies like that resonate with the human heart because something deep inside us know that we are in a battle of good and evil often. We are in a battle of light and darkness. And so Jesus taught them to pray God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. So you might ask, what is this concept <clears throat> of the kingdom of God? So I want to do my best in a few minutes to break this down, and I want to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 through 3. 
the Garden of Eden. Many of you guys are familiar with that story. And what happened is that God created humans in his image, and he created us to be fully satisfied in him and his provision. And that within the very broad and generous provision and boundaries that God had laid out, that humanity, because no evil had entered the world yet, that humanity would flourish and thrive under his leadership, his generosity, and his provision because God is perfectly good. And then what happened, right? The, the serpent comes, and uh, Adam and Eve are tempted, and they decide, you know what? Maybe we can't fully trust God, and so we're going to go our own way. We're going to come out from under his leadership, and therefore out from under his dominion, his kingdom, and we're going to do our own thing. And what happens, right? Darkness enters the world. Right? They, they, they opened up the door in their lives and in the world by coming out from under the dominion, out from under the leadership of God and doing it their own way. You immediately see they need marriage counseling, like right away. You know, they're like, they're blaming each other, they're blame shifting, they're blaming the snake, they're blaming each other, they're blaming God, right? And it's like, okay, all of a sudden, this got crazy real quick, because when we come out from under God and his ways, and we seek to establish our own kingdoms apart from God's kingdom, we see chaos enter into our lives and enter into the world. And that's what we see, not that all of the world is bad around us. We live in a beautiful world, but we know that it's both beautiful and it's broken because sin has entered the world. And so when we look around us, we see good things because people are made in the image of God, but we also see broken things. Look at, you know, we're coming in an election cycle. You're about to see a lot of broken things, you know. Uh, you're going to see more and more division, you know. It's, it's evident that the world around us and often our relationships are broken because of the fall. We were made to live in God's kingdom and his provision. And so um, that's why the world is broken apart from God's leadership. And so to understand the concept of kingdom, let me kind of maybe at the risk of over, oversimplify it, break it down like this. King's dominion, kingdom, king's dominion. That Ultimately, a kingdom is wherever a king has dominion over, right? And so um, I spent some time a number of years on a, a year ago on a mission trip to Morocco. I went to Spain for a couple days, and it was like night and day difference, right? I went from one place that was very religious and very clothed, to another place, just like a, you could throw a stone, and people are not religious, and I'm covering my eyes because people don't have clothes on, you know? And I'm like, this place is totally, they're speaking two different languages. They have two totally different cultures and value sets because, right, it's two different kind of kingdoms, right? If you cross a border, you'll not only notice differences, but there's maybe a whole new set of laws, a whole new way of doing things because you're under different leadership, Right? And so same thing with the kingdom of heaven. Um, so the place that is perfectly under the king's dominion is heaven. Jesus often, he didn't just preach salvation. He preached about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. So I want you to stop and think for a second, what is the kingdom of, what is heaven like? Think about that for a second. 
Any, any takers out there? Throw out a couple descriptors. Streets of gold. Yeah. Righteousness, right? There's not perversion or chaos. There's righteousness. Paradise, abundance, provision. There's no lack. What else? Love without obstacles, beautifully said. No tears. There's no pain. There's no sickness. So Jesus proclaimed that the kingdom of heaven, because when Jesus entered the world, the kingdom of heaven began to break into the world. Now, I want you all to get this. Now, how would you contrast heaven with the earth? All right? It's a little different. Right? It's often me versus them, who can come out on top, division, chaos, pain, tears. It's not all bad, but there's brokenness in our world. We already established that. And so Jesus said when he came, the news he proclaimed is that heaven is beginning to invade earth. That the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of God is beginning to break into the brokenness of our world. And that's how we taught them to pray. That's how we taught them to live. And so what did it look like when that realm, which we cannot see, began to invade this realm, which we can see? Let's just look at Jesus' life. Actually, we just went over this in our last sermon series in Luke chapter 4. Jesus proclaims what his ministry will look like and then demonstrates it. Uh, It looks like this, according to Luke, as well as Isaiah 61 and what we read. It looks like the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It looks like the forgiveness of sin when heaven invades earth, when when God's kingdom breaks in. It looks like people getting set free, freedom for the captives. It looks like liberty for the oppressed. It looks like sight for the blind, healing for the sick, care for the poor. I could keep going. That is a little snapshot. Jesus said, I'm here, and I'm bringing a heavenly kingdom into a broken world, and here's what it's going to look like. And then Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is filled with stories of that realm invading this realm, and it doesn't stop there. We established this in the last sermon series. That ministry continues to the book of Acts. It happens to the church, and then throughout church history, and here we are. It still stays the same. Jesus will still tell us to pray for that kingdom to break into our broken world because we all are where we need it. And so that's good news for us, right? Um, just, you know, some, some ways that, that might even be happening in our midst. For example, last week I uh, got to pray with uh, a couple in our church, and both had some physical pain going on, so we began to pray and just say, hey, well, if, if God's kingdom is at hand, maybe he'll want to step into that situation. And so uh, I prayed for them, and he had some shoulder pain. He had previously gotten healed of a sciatica thing over text. It was fun. Uh, so I prayed. Uh, so we had faith coming into it. He had a shoulder thing. It was popping. It was sore. We prayed. Uh, and it gets not only completely healed, it's the soreness goes away. It's completely better, right? 
And then um, praying for her, and she um, she gets partially better. She couldn't touch her toes before because of pain, and, and she could touch her toes. She gets partially better. And also praying, I just discern, hey, the, the enemy had tried to bring some attack in a certain area. And so I just said, hey, I feel like I feel like this might be going on. It might be some spiritual warfare. The enemy's trying to get at you. Let's just take care of that right now because when God's kingdom breaks in, darkness leaves. When God's kingdom breaks in, often in time, pain leaves. When God's kingdom breaks in, places in our heart are filled with hope, right? And so I love it. We're just like saying, hey, what do you need? And let's just invite God's kingdom to come and all kinds of stuff happens when we pray for God's kingdom to come. Y'all see where I'm going? There's no thing that God can't do when his kingdom comes to earth. And I'm so proud of so many of you. I know of numerous people, because of prayer in our church right now, are breaking cycles of sin. Because your prayer life is increasing. God's speaking to you. You're getting more power. And you're saying, you know what, I'm going to turn and go a different way. I know of numerous marriages that are pressing into cyclical things that have been going on for years and experiencing a new level of freedom. Because why? You're praying, you're seeking God, and you're pulling in community together. God's kingdom is breaking in to our world, and people are being set free. The sick are being healed. People are finding hope and joy and freedom. That's good news. That's, that's church, y'all. That's church. We're not just here to go through emotion. We want that realm to invade this realm, and so that whenever people walk into church, just like in the good news in the, in the gospels of Jesus, and people encounter Jesus here, they start to get set free. They start to get healed. They start to get delivered. They start to get whole. They start to get hope again. That's what we want in this church because that's the ministry of Jesus. Okay? So he taught us to pray for that kingdom to come. You see, in prayer, in prayer-filled living, prayer is the primary way that that realm invades this realm. Prayer is the primary way that heaven invades earth, that heaven breaks into a broken world. Prayer is the primary way. However, Jim Simbala, who's authored some books on prayer and had led for many years a large church in New York called the Brooklyn Tabernacle, says it like this. Because we as Westerners don't tend to rely on a realm we cannot see or a God we cannot see. He says it like this. Our problem in the church is not with a godless, secular America, but with a church that is increasingly prayerless, compromised, demoralized, and weak. We have drifted away from the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe to put it a different way, I think we often treat prayer like an app on our phone. And maybe not just an app on her phone, maybe that like fifth page app, you know what I'm talking about? The ones that you throw in the back and you're like, what even is this app? I, you know, I have apps every once I'm like, what is this? How do these even get on my phone, you know? Um, I, I think we often treat prayer like that, like it's an app we open when things are going bad. It's like one of the many tools in the tool belt that we occasionally turn to and like oftentimes the last ditch prayer. And I've been guilty even as a pastor of that, right? I'm really good at doing things on my own strength. I'm really strong-willed. Our staff will tell you that. Uh, so, <laughs> right? And so, Lord has to hit me over the head sometimes, right? So, I, I join you in treating prayer like an app on a phone, but listen, prayer is less, God designed it less to be like an app and more like the entire operating system. God designed prayer to be our primary operating system. That doesn't mean we sit in a room 
for 24 hours a day, stare at the wall and lift up the name of Jesus, although that's, you know, do some of that. It means that we live a lifestyle of prayer, that we spend time with God one-on-one, but we also then take the empowerment of prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit with us as we go, okay? So, um, and, and I just want to encourage you. This might feel like a simple prayer, like, oh, I'm just, your kingdom come, I'm just saying words. I was listening to a testimony of a guy that was a witch doctor and had come to know Jesus. And he would say, you know, we'd put curses over different neighborhoods and curses over different areas, but we always struggled wherever the church was prayer walking. Wherever the church was prayer walking, their plans kept getting thwarted to bring darkness. Because guess what? Jesus is supreme. And so when we pray, like when I prayer walk, it just seems like, am I doing anything? Like it just often feels like I'm dribbling prayers out my mouth. And like this is like a nice idea that I'm doing. And then just kind of like maybe this is just for me. But no, no. When you pray prayers that seem little dribbly prayers and you say to the name of Jesus and you have a mustard seed of faith, darkness shudders. Satan is afraid. And bonds are broken. So I'm getting a little preachy here, but I want you all to believe it. I'm, I just, I'm full of faith. So what this means, though, if we're going to pray his kingdom come, it means that we learn to surrender our will and take up his will. Because it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It doesn't say, Lord... Let my kingdom come. Let my will be done. Now, I would like that prayer some days, but uh, that's how what, it, he's how what he taught us to pray. Uh, he prayed, let, let God's will be done. And, and so what that means is surrendering our will and taking up God's will. Now, listen, I like the little kingdom that I set up a lot of times. You know, there's nothing, there's not, that's not entirely bad. You know, I think God... Back in Genesis, it says, have dominion over the earth. I like my house in order. I like my car clean. There's nothing bad to that. The problem is when I set up my kingdom and it's not surrendered to his kingdom. His kingdom is not invited to invade my little kingdom, and I'm just building my kingdom apart from his kingdom, right? That's when, when we have troubles, right? And so I think we often treat prayer as the opportunity to build our kingdoms, and it's kind of like we go through the drive-through of prayer. It's like, all right, Lord, I'll take a number two. Could you big size it? I'll take the big gulp. Could you put some extra salt on those fries, put a little extra ketchup in there? And I got five minutes. So we need to make this quick. I got to be somewhere. And, man, did your prices go up? <laughs> Come on. <clears throat> right? I, I think we often treat prayer like that. Right? And so two ways that we uh, surrender to God in his will. Number one, we surrender our self-focused worldview. Again, it's not entirely bad to have some focus on yourself. God cares about you. God cares about your need. He's praying for actual needs here, you know, daily bread. So, again, these aren't bad things, but we need to surrender ourselves and our own Focus worldview. Listen, if, if I had my day totally away apart from God, you know, I'm like, man, 
I'd love extra money in the bank, like a lot of money. I love two brand new cars, a boat, a nice boat, you know, and, and I would love my kids to never have any pain or any trials, and they would have the perfect education, and they would have the, you know, I, I would create a world, and it would look just Jesus-y enough, and it's not bad to have stuff. It's not bad to have a decent education. You know, that's what I'm talking about, but we create our own kingdoms around our fears and around our unchecked desires, right? And so it's not bad to have stuff. I love the truck I drive. I take it off-road. It's been a blessing to God, but I say, Lord, this is yours. You know, this is, I want to bless people with it. I want to serve you with it and have some fun with it along the way, right? And so it means surrendering our little kind of self-focused world so that, God, there's a bigger purpose in my possessions. There's a bigger purpose in having a home. There's a bigger purpose in my kids' education. It's not just that they could be financially secure, all that's part of it, but that they could serve and glorify you and impact lives, right? There's a bigger purpose, surrendering our little kingdoms to the bigger purpose of his kingdom. Secondly, surrendering means that we surrender our expectations of how God will bring about his kingdom in our life, and we surrender the outcomes of the process. You see, oftentimes, we're, sur- we're, we're trying to surrender our life. We're saying, God, have your way. And then we pray things in our lives, and then we create, without realizing it, a reel in our head, like a movie reel, of how that prayer is going to play out. And it's just saying, God, God, do this. And then we're, we're kind of, you know, without realizing, telling him, hey, you got five minutes here. And I need it to be done this way, and I need it to be done this We don't realize that's what's happening in our head and our heart. Man, I'll be honest. You know, things with my kids are totally different than I thought they'd be. Things with even this church. I had a plan of how things, how God's kingdom should come in this church, and it's been totally different than I thought. I had a plan for certain things in my life that I thought, God, this would be the best way you could bring about your kingdom. In this timeline, in this way, and guess what? God screwed all that up. <laughs> and I would bet that God is screwing up your plans too. Because guess what? I didn't have line items in my plan for some things that I really needed. <laughs> He's like, hey, you actually don't know that if you had it this way, you'd be missing all this. Right? And so we have to not only surrender our self-focused kind of trajectory of our lives to him, but we need to surrender the outcome in the way he chooses to go about and say, God, you can, I'm praying this, God, but you can do this however you want to and in your timing. Lord, and you can, you can be, you know, throw some, Lord, please let it be quick, you know, but ultimately you got to surrender it to him and, and trust him with the process, okay? So we need to surrender our will and take up God's will. How do you know God's will is simple? There's a whole lot in here. So you wonder, what's God's plan for my life? We're often looking, God, would you speak to me what I should do in my life? God's already spoken a whole lot and a whole lot of direction and promises to you. And when we pray this word and we pray these promises, we have a lot of confidence in prayer. And so I want to encourage you, especially if you're younger, don't just pray without reading Scripture. Pray the Scripture. That's how I memorized scripture. The ones that really stuck, I prayed them. I prayed them again and again, and I relied on them again and again. The ones I just committed to my head have not stuck. 
Man, when we pray the scripture, when we pray the scripture over people, we pray the scripture over our lives and stand on the promises of God that get in our soul and they also come to pass oftentimes. And then we discern the Holy Spirit's activity through prayer as we pray the word of God. Okay, and so he taught us to pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I love the contrast of heaven and earth. Who is in the middle? Jesus, but also who's in the middle? You and me. That's intercession. I love uh, Pete Gregg, who um, leads a movement called 24-7 Praises. The hinge of human history is the bended knee. That we have authority with God and under his leadership, and ultimately God is shaping history, but we have authority to come in and partner with him in our prayers change the world literally. That is intercession. Petition is praying for our needs, and intercession means intervening, or uh, it means asking God for the needs of other people or situations. And there's power, guys. Heaven really wants to invade earth in your life. The realm we cannot see influences the realm we can see. That's why we can see miracles happen. Because there's more to life than what we can taste, touch, and feel. If we really believe that God is spirit, like Jesus said in John 4, if we really believe that God's kingdom is supreme over all and that he's the ruler of the world, then anything can happen when we pray. Jesus taught us this in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. He said to them, um, because he said, if I true, sorry, hold up. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. My friends, you are called to be a mountain mover. You are called to stand up to the mountains in your life and the mountains in other people's lives that are causing discouragement and despair and hopelessness. We are called as God's people to stand up and say, let's move this mountain. I've just been wondering, and maybe I'm being convicted by the Holy Spirit, what if, what if the church in California prayed for an end of the drought? Like it's not a big stretch for a little rain to come. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't even take a big stretch of the imagination. That's like a small mountain. And what if that was a testimony to the world that there was a movement of churches in California praying for an end of the drought, and then it happened, and then we say, look, our God's real. You know what I'm saying? Um, God wants to move mountains. Um, just a couple stories. I just want to build our faith here. Uh, because when we hear, the reason why we share stories is because it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he can do it with me, he can do it with you. If he can do it with someone else, he can do it with your situation as well. Uh, uh, some years ago, I was uh, praying, and I said, God, is there anyone on your heart? Um, and someone from high school came to my mind, um, a believer that I knew, and uh, she was living in Hawaii. And so <clears throat> through a simple prayer out there, God, bless Allison, et cetera. So I texted her uh, a little bit after I prayed for her, said, hey, been a few years, you know, don't know anything going on in your world, but praying for you this morning, hope you're doing well. She, you know, and because they're behind, she was sleeping when I prayed, and when she got the text, she, she said, <clears throat> she texted me back, she said, you have no idea. And we hadn't talked to each other in years. <clears throat> she said, the same time you prayed for me, 
I was having a demonic dream, and you showed up in the dream, and you rebuked the demon, and he left, and I felt total peace. <clears throat> now, the reason why I share that story isn't, I'm not that great. I prayed a dribbly prayer that didn't feel very impressive. I didn't feel like, well, I'm, I feel God's presence. I just prayed a simple prayer. I share that story to show you what happens in the realm you cannot see when you pray. It may feel like a routine. Why are we doing 30 days of prayer? It, it feels like a discipline. It feels like, oh, I'm being legalistic or whatever. No, no, no. You're shaking the heavens when you pray, <laughs> okay? So, I mean, I could share a bunch of personal stories, like the time God's like, hey, give the money you're going to have, the only money you have for birthing a child, you know, give it away. And that drove us to prayer, you know. No, I didn't want to do that. I'm not very good at that. Uh, and we prayed, and then, boom, you know, uh, one of our parents like, hey, we found these, like, bonds in your name in a drawer. Who has bonds? You know, I, like, didn't even fully know what bonds were, and I'm like, the heck you found some bonds in a drawer with our name on it that provided for the birth you know so god god shows up and god moves so uh but just just some stories of, of people agreeing together in prayer this is a great book by the way red moon rising written by pete greg he like i said it's uh leads a movement called 24 7 prayer this book is just filled with stories of people, and what I love about it is literally people around the world in every continent and stories of how God is moving. This isn't just like an American thing, and we got to, you know, there are people, this movement of prayer and God stirring, God is moving all over the world, and we're a little slice of the pie here in America, and I love just so many stories. One that stood out to me is a bunch of people in Alberta from all different churches, mostly college students, young people got together, and they said, hey, we're going to just, we're going to just pray for, you know, a month or two straight, and they were praying so much that the mayor called and is like, hey, we have some prayer requests from the city. We want to give to this group of college students who are praying. I love that. You know, like, like why not? It's just kind of like those things expand my mind of what God will want to do through the church. Um, or, you know, I was thinking about one of my friends, um, she and her husband just became youth pastors at one of our churches, uh, Antioch churches. And I went to college with her and, and her sister, and her sister was involved in our church. And at the time, this girl, uh, Shelly, wasn't walking with God. She was a huge partying, drinking, drugs. And, and her older sister's life group said, hey, we're going to band together, and we're going to fast and pray for my sister, Shelly. And so they fasted, and they prayed, and guess what? She's at a party. She's on something. Holy Spirit comes, sobers her. She has a revelation of Jesus. She turns away. She gets saved radically at this party. Some friends there start to get saved. She starts following Jesus, and now they're leading the youth ministry. <laughs> but what does it start with a life group who came together? You know, life group can be exciting. Especially when you say, hey, there's, there's mountains. We can move together. What mountains do you have? What mountains do you have? Come on, let's move some mountains together. You can literally, in a life group, have a little board, and on one side, put a line in the middle, prayer needs. Put, a, put five of them. What are, some, what are five mountains we're going to move? And then, man, how many of these would God want to move to the other side of the line? Answered prayer on the other side. Well, that would be fun, you know? So just an invitation for a few life groups. If you want to take it up, I'll just throw that idea out there. That kind of stuff's fun. So, um, or a number of years ago, um, you 
finding up there. Uh, <laughs> sorry. James is laughing at me. Um, uh, so a number of years ago um, at this church, uh, we're in a live group with, I think, a couple of you guys at least. And uh, we had some neighbors we met at the time at a garage sale. And um, we just felt like just Holy Spirit was prompting us to pray for them. So, so we had one of those little boards, and we're like, hey, who are some people in our lives that maybe we want to pray for together? And so we put their names, and, and we prayed, and guess what? They eventually came to church. They started to follow Jesus together as a family. Uh, they uh, amazing family. Uh, they um, had some kids outside of marriage, and so they, they said, "Hey, well, we want to, we want to get married now." So I do their wedding, and at the wedding, God is highlighting this other couple um, in their wedding party, uh, who's who's together and has a kiddo, um, and I just like, man, I just, and so I build a relationship with them. They come to church, they get saved, they start following Jesus. I do their wedding as well. But what did it start with a life group praying? It's awesome. Now they since moved to other states and things, so uh, that's a bummer. But God moved with a life group praying. Now I could I could keep sharing stories, but I, I just I want to spice up our prayer lives. Let's move some mountains, church. What do you think? If you want to see that kingdom invade this kingdom, uh, so. Um, just some, some simple ways. I mean, just praying as a life group is a great way to start. Obviously, you can journey together on a 30 days of prayer together. Um, Seek Week is another great way uh, to be involved, you know, in praying. Um, and then a couple other things you might be um, wondering. Uh, man, I want to grow more as a like praying over people for healing, praying over people kind of in, in the prophetic or hearing God for people. How do you do that? I'm going to be doing a training, a prayer equipping on prayer ministry. How do you minister to other people in the spirit? That might include, you know, praying for the sick, hearing God for others, going deeper. How do we do that? If you're interested in doing that more, whether it's Sundays, life group, you can do it outside the church as well. Uh, I do it with people at the register, you know, when people encounter God and that is great. How do you minister in the Holy Spirit um, December 6th uh, after church? We'll be doing a little equipping, so save the date. Lastly, um, sorry, I think I went out of order on you. Um, lastly, if you'd say, man, intercession or prayer or, or the minister of the Spirit feels like a sense of calling, like I feel a deep sense of calling, please email me at mspeeder, I'm just interested, and just put in there, here's what's on my heart. I want to I pray for the nations, or I want to pray for our church and intercede for our leaders, or, or the mission God has us on. Or, man, I tend to kind of like hear God and get words for, for the church. And so just please email me. I, I want to kind of make sure that we're stewarding the prayer stirrings that God is doing, because my goal isn't that we have a praying staff. Our goal is that we have a praying church right? And that some of you are called to actually help steward and lead uh, our, our, in the prayer realm in our church. One of the words that we've had for the year as a church, as an as a Antioch movement of church, is ignite the boiler room. That's the main room, the, the boiler room of prayer, like in a ship. And so I think God wants to continue to ignite prayer in this church. So if you want to be a part of really building that, please email me. I uh, would love to hear more. Um, okay, I had a last part. And I don't have time. So um, let's, um, let's do this. Um, 
you can just kind of go to the, where those four points. I just want to encourage you because oftentimes we start praying for something and we don't we don't finish it. Uh, and so, just a simple way, if you want to go to intercession, start with the person of God. You'll be encouraged to remember that He's the manager of the entire world you're talking to. So start with the person of God. Secondly. Uh, Pray the promises of God. So this is what I do with my kids. Here's what I'm believing for for them, and here's a scripture I'm praying over them. And the next kid, here's what I'm believing for, and here's a scripture I'm praying over them. You know, so God says a lot of stuff about the things you're praying for. And so you can be confident you pray. Uh, Praying prayers of faith um, and then embracing the process. Jesus taught his disciples to pray and not give up. Oftentimes it takes longer than we want. Uh, It's not always fast food. And so uh, it means sticking with it. And, man, God has convicted me over the years that I've got many half-built spiritual highways in prayer, you know, that I've got things I've stopped praying for that are close to being done. And so I'm just speaking out of, man, I'm, God's going to convict me of this. So here's, here's what I want to do to end. Um, <clears throat> so um, <clears throat> first of all, uh, you know, as we respond, I, I believe that there might be some people here Maybe you don't know where you stand with Jesus. Maybe you don't know where you're at with God. And, and maybe you need God's kingdom to break into your world and, and forgive your sin. Or maybe you need to turn back to Jesus for the first time. Listen, we don't come to God by our own strength and by all the good things we've done. We come to God because he came to us and forgives our sins. And if anyone calls upon Jesus' name, we can be forgiven and begin a process of our lives being healed and restored and loved. And that starts by calling upon the name of Jesus. And so if that's you today, if you need to turn back to God or you need to begin a relationship with God, you can just pray a simple prayer like this with me. Jesus, I acknowledge I've sinned. And I have a need for you. Would you come forgive my sin? And would you come into my life? For those of you guys turning back to Jesus, Lord, I need to turn back to you. I want to follow you again, Jesus. Thank you for your forgiveness and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if, if you prayed that, we want to encourage you to walk with you. Let one of the leaders know or someone you came with know. But for the rest of us, I want to invite us to stand again. So my invitation for us is, is to let's start to learn to be a mountain-moving people. And so we're actually, you know, did a sermon on prayer. It makes sense that we pray, right? So we're going to do that. Uh, but I want to just start because I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to ignite a fire for prayer in our hearts. So I just want to start there, you know, Romans 8 says we don't know what to pray. You know, that's how I feel a lot of the days. But it says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. And so if you're comfortable, just put out your hands. I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to stir prayer. It says that Jesus is always making intercession. And so we need more, more of his spirit to fill us. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, come light a fire of prayer. I pray the fire of urgency of prayer. I pray, Jesus, come now by the Holy Spirit. Break our hearts for what breaks your heart. 
And for those of us who have been disappointed with what seem like unanswered prayers, and there's legitimate pain there, Lord, I just pray first your comfort. But I also pray that those of us who have been stuck in the pain of unanswered prayers, get us unstuck. Help us to pray in faith again. God wants to get some of us who have been stuck in the disappointment of prayers that felt like they weren't answered. He wants to get some of us unstuck again. And so, Lord, I just pray, move some of us to the place of faith again. Fill us. Holy Spirit, come. Ignite us afresh. Thank you, Lord. Come, ignite the fire of prayer in us, Lord. Ignite a praying church. Here's what I want to invite you to do. Um, just turn to two or three people next to you. Ask them, hey, what's a mountain in your life? Or what's something you're believing for? And let's just agree together with one or two people in a group and just pray some faith-filled prayers, okay? Our faith is not in our feelings. Our faith is in the nature of God and his promises, okay? Turn to two or three people. This is how I learned to pray, is just turning and praying out loud. That's how I learned to pray in deeper ways. So we're going to do that.